Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the afternoon show, Looking Up. My name is Peter Watts, and I am here with my good friend and co-host, Danny Milenkov. Danny, how are you today? I'm doing well, thank you, Peter. How are you doing? I am fantastic, and I just want to welcome all the listeners. I hope that they're having a great day, too. We're glad that you've chosen to tune into the show. And uh, we have a great program, at least we think it's great. We hope that you listen. We always think it's great, Peter. (laughs) We always think it's great. We hope that you will think it's great too. Um, We're going to be covering a lot of material today. Before we begin, I just want to share uh, how you can be a part of the program, how you can contact us. And uh, if you want to make a comment or uh, have a question about something that we're talking about today or that we may have spoken of in some of the previous episodes of Looking Up, then you can call us, in fact, on 1-800-324-843. You can call in on 1-800-324-843, or you can send us a text on 0491-064-669. That is 0491-064-669. So that's the uh, contact details. Danny, uh, tell us um, what else is uh, on the show. We've got some programs to promote. Yes, we do. Um, We've been promoting uh, a couple of really awesome seminars that you can uh, jump online and watch. One of them is uh, called The End, The End, what the Bible says about the end, and that'll really complement the things that we've been sharing here. Two of the the presenters are... we know very well. Yeah. Um, Lyle Southwell, he is very well known to Faith FM audience. I think he might even sit in this chair. Yeah, he does sit I, in the I chair. I think I'm sitting in Lyle's chair. <laughs> you are. It's got his name on it. I can <laughs> see. <laughs> and um, yeah, so Lyle and Sharissa. Lyle Southwell. Yeah, Lyle Southwell and Sharissa, his, his co-host, they are presenting this um, series called The End. And you can simply go to theend.digital. That is theend.digital. That's simple to understand. That's nice, easy to remember. Nice and easy. And this is the second last week next week it wraps up 24 parts in the series and if you've missed any you can obviously catch up on the website there's another one called hope awakens and if you go to the website um uh, you, you can simply Google Hope Awakens and it's the second one down. Just make sure Hope Channel is in that. Yeah. Or and, you can, um, or can go to YouTube and, and punch in Hope yeah, Awakens. Yeah, that's right. Hope Awakens. Just in John sure, Bradshaw. John Bradshaw, Kiwi, and you'll really be blessed. All right. Terrific. Yeah, I have watched some of those episodes and they've blessed me and I'm sure that they'll bless others. So keep tuning into that. Um, we're going to go to some more music and then we're going to get into our program. And so we're going to hear music from Francesca Battistelli, and this song is called Forever Love. Enjoy this. You are my forever love. You are my forever love. You are my forever. my forever love from the bottom of my heart I'll sing to you from the depths of who I am I love you with everything inside I'll run to cause all that I've become I owe to you 
Francesca Battistelli and Forever Love. Okay, so uh, welcome back. Uh, thank you for tuning in today. And Danny, I thought that for those who might be tuning in today for the first time or they're driving along and they've just found this station, uh, you're listening to Faith FM and our afternoon program, Looking Up. But in this series, Danny, what have we been looking at so far? Well, so far we have been looking at uh, what are the Bible connections and implications with what's been taking place in the world regarding COVID-19 or the coronavirus? Yep. So we've been posing the question, um, does the Bible have anything at all to say about the things that we are seeing and experiencing around the world? And so the things that we have looked at are a number of things. And we, we first of all began by setting the foundation based on what Jesus had to say. In Matthew 24 and Luke 21 and Mark 13, we, we took a look at what Jesus had to say regarding the signs that would precede his coming. And we discovered that, you know, Jesus gave us a number of signs there in, in, in the various areas that, that, that we are confronted to today. We looked at health and well-being. And uh, Jesus said, you know, that there would be perplexity, there'd be fear, there'd be great anxiety. And so we looked at that and what the Bible has to say. So we looked at physical health as well as mental aspects. That's right. Health, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional. We, we looked at all that. And we also looked at the economic implications. And in particular, we, we looked at um, the book of Revelation and what the book of Revelation has to say uh, regarding some of those end-time economic implications. I uh, think a lot of people were surprised how much the Bible has to say about money, you know, uh, and finances and Jesus, uh, the amount of parables that he told about that as well. So um, money means a lot to us, it seems. You know, if you touch people's back pockets, they, they start to notice. <laughs> And uh, I think that, uh, yeah, the Bible talks about some of the uh, financial implications of the end of the world. And, of course, we're seeing some uh, obvious uh, financial implications of COVID-19 at the moment. And it's really fascinating because um, I, was, I was just reading um, the other day, uh, someone shared with me um, a link and regarding next year's World Economic Forum in January, it's going to be held in the city of Davos there in Switzerland. They have that each and every year. Right. And uh, the theme is the Great Reset, looking okay. at the world economy and tying it in with what else we've been talking about, the environment. Right. So the economy and the environment mm. are very much linked at the moment. Yes, we've been talking economics. Um, everyone's focused on, on their jobs and so on and so forth. But the environment, that hasn't been put to the shelf um, out of the way. That's very much in the spotlight. Mm. And uh, we have on this show, we've talked about the environmental. Just last week? Yeah, just last week we looked at the environment and the ecological implications of what's taking place now, what the Bible has to say, and especially in regards to setting some time aside uh, yeah. for for the environment to ensure some the common rest time yeah some common rest time looking at um yeah looking at renewing and uh, preserving this world and we've only got one world so that's where mm. we were last week now today we're going to continue that journey we're going to take a look at uh, probably one of the biggest questions 
that that have been asked that that needs to be asked and answered and that is uh, where did this world come from Indeed. you know where did this world come from and so we're going to we're going to dive right in um, in this program to the very beginning of the Bible and we're going to ask can we really trust those very first few words of the Bible where the Bible begins in Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Can we actually trust those words? Did that actually take place? That's, Is there evidence for that? That's a great question. And it's a question that I've grappled with for some time. Yeah, as well. I know. We'll and I'm looking about that. I'm looking forward to this one, Danny. I, I actually, know you are because I know this This has a lot to, to say as to where you've come from. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I and really enjoyed this topic. And I think, uh, you know, I think... Once you sort of get into this topic, it's kind of like uh, it's one of those things that you're surprised that people don't talk about this more often mm. because it's a, such a central, uh, I guess, it's a, a central subject to who God is, who we are, what our relationship to him is, what our relationship to the wider world is. Um, you know, what our purpose is here and all of that. So, and where are we going? And where are we going? So uh, all of that is going to be... Um, explored in this episode when we talked last week about the environment and we were talking about some uh, in fact many different voices from different areas from religious areas from non-religious areas um, talking about some common downtime some common rest time um, and we we want to look at what the prophetic implications of that and in order to do that we kind of need to set some foundations up we need to talk about uh, some of the things that um, help us to understand what the prophetic implications might be of, um, you know, this common rest time that people are suggesting. And so, as you mentioned, we're going to look at, uh, you know, can we believe the opening verses of the Bible? In fact, who still believes those things, you know, about uh, in the beginning, God creating the heavens and the earth. We're going to talk about that. Where else are we going after this, Danny? Okay, well, before we get there, in case um, someone's wondering, uh, how on earth can I hear some of those previous presentations? Yeah, good point. Um, you can head to the Faith FM website. So I'll give you that one. It's faithfm.com.au. Nice and easy. Faithfm.com.au and go to the podcasts. Uh, go to Looking Up and you'll find our podcast there from the previous program. Program, so you can you look can, them up. You can look them up and you can listen to them. Um, even better still, you probably won't. Um, <laughs> anyway, we'll press on. We'll press on with that one. Where we are heading in the future is we're going to start looking at the at the prophetic significance of of what's taking place and and what will take place in the very end. And next week, next week we're going to take a look at what the creator set aside as the memorial for his creation if indeed if indeed we came from a created being uh, what did he set aside as the world's memorial? So that's next week. And then we're going to move into uh, the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation. And why, we're going to, why those two books? Well, those two books are incredibly important for those who are living at the end of time. I mean, they've always been important ever since they were written. Um, some 600 years before Christ. Why are Daniel, they important for people who live at the end of time? Because those two books give us an understanding of why things are the way they are in the world, why things have 
been the way they have been and where things are heading. And ultimately, those two books enable us to make a decision. They may they enable us to make a, an a, informed uninformed. That's the word I was looking on. May enable us to make an informed decision as to who we will worship, who we will give our allegiance to, mm. and uh, to whom we will belong for all eternity. So those two books really bring. Uh, to ahead the the big question of the crucial where, issues where will you spend eternity yeah and yeah, so, so those two books basically contain a lot of outline prophecies don't they they do from the ancient world or you know they begin in the ancient world all the way through to today and beyond and so uh you know i guess what we have been talking about in regards to health and economics and the environment we're talking about what are the implications of covid-19 for today what we want to do when we look at some of the prophetic material too is what are the implications for tomorrow? Mm. And so uh, in order to do that, I think last week when we talked about the environment, we talked about this common rest time. We talked about the fact that God did indeed have this idea of having a common rest time through the week. Um, and we mentioned that. And of course, uh, that was the climax. You know, the Bible tells us that God created in six days. And then there was a, a climax and he had a rest day set aside on the seventh day. He rested and, and uh, gave that as a gift to mankind too. But of course, the question then arises, can we actually trust that God created in six days? Uh, and can we trust the Bible? Because ultimately, as, as you shared and as I've shared, those very first few words in the Bible set the foundation for the entire scriptures. Either you believe that God created the world or you don't. Uh, there's kind of no in-between, even though we are going to explore what some have suggested, a kind of uh, an in-between uh, theistic evolution, I think they referred to or it. Progressive where progressive creation. Or progressive creation where God sort of utilizes um, long ages in order to create. And so I know you've done a, a lot of work on that, and we're going to explore that and, um, and look to answer some of those questions. Yeah, so let's dive in here now with... Um the beginnings of this. So I've mentioned before, I think a few programs back that, uh, you know, I grew up in a secular environment. That is that, you know, religion really didn't play uh, a part in my growing up. Uh, I, I grew up in the UK. I went to state school. I learned about evolution. And I really thought that that was the way we all came about, right? And that that's what's taught in uh, most schools uh, in Western culture, right, right uh, up to today. And so, when we look at the Bible, that first uh, verse, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then in chapter one of the book of Genesis, it goes on to describe what God did on each of the first six days. Mm. Okay, so the first day it says, let there be light. Okay, and there was light and some people will be familiar with that line. Um, but what you really have is two competing theories about how we arrived here. Now, we don't have any eyewitnesses in terms of humanity. To nobody that, was there with their video camera? Nobody was there either a few thousand years ago when creation is uh, recorded as having taken place, as we see in the Bible, or millions, nay, billions of years ago with the evolutionary uh, theory. So no, nobody was uh, present there. And what we want to do is look at these two competing theories. And so uh, obviously... Um, Many scientists, actually, we mentioned this before, that um, many of the major sciences uh, that have been established today were founded by people who believed in the God of the Bible. Uh, so, you know, many of the, the scientists of the past, 
They believed in the God of the Bible and they explored the world and the universe from the standpoint that God had created it and we expected to be able to intelligently investigate that. So they used, what you're telling us, Peter, is they used a biblical, uh, a biblical basis or a biblical context. A biblical worldview. A biblical worldview in, in order to bring about their, their scientific um, analysis of, of how this world came to be. Yeah, so I think it's interesting to me because, you know, I, I would, would have called myself an atheist at one point in time. And when I have uh, seen or read atheists talking about uh, that, that philosophy of atheism, it's very interesting to me because on the one hand, they're denying the existence of God. But on the other hand, there's quite a lot of anger expressed at a certain picture of God. Hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, yes. So in other words, uh, in, in other words, there's, and you can understand this. We, you know, we talked about the fact that God has been seen in different ways through the centuries. You know, there have been various pictures of God. And I've got to tell you, I'm not attracted to every picture of God that's out there. Right. I, I'm, I believe in the God of the Bible, but I'm not attracted to every picture of God. And I think that sometimes uh, our... Um, our rejection of God, if you like, is driven by a particular picture of God, which may not be biblical in the first place. Anyway, all that aside, let's talk about evolution for a moment. When we talk about evolution, most people will think about biological evolution, okay? The development of life from molecules to man with a whole lot of stages in between. And um, I'm going to sort of uh, reel off six types of evolution. So when we talk about evolution, we want to think about what are we actually talking about? So, for instance, there is a theory of cosmic evolution. That is the origin of time and space. Okay, that's, that's one area of the theory of evolution. Then there's a theory of evolution of chemical evolution, how uh, non-living matter gave rise to living matter. You know, how did life come from non-living things? Uh, there's, well, actually, chemicals, I, I should go back. Chemical evolution is the origin of chemicals. Where, where does the chemicals come from, right? To create life. Well, just, just for anything, right? Chem, chemical evolution. Then three, stellar and planetary evolution. There's a theory about that, how the planets and stars arose. Uh, there's organic evolution, and that's one that typically people think about. And as I've mentioned, that's the molecules-to-man kind of evolution that I was taught in high school and that I thoroughly believed in into my mid-20s. And then there's two, two others I want to sort of talk about. One is macroevolution. That is the idea that one kind of creature evolved into another kind of creature. Mm-hmm. And then what you have, the, the, the number six, is microevolution. And microevolution is what we would, you might also call natural selection. You might also call adaptation. So in other words, you have... Um, microevolution are the small changes that we do observe in nature and even in humanity, um, and that's called microevolution. So in a sense, there's a part of evolution I still believe in, and that's microevolution. It's adaptation. with It's change within a kind, okay? And incidentally, that's the one we observe. In fact, if you go to... Um, Oh, I think we're going to go to some music. I get carried away. I think we should go to some music. Here we go. We're going to listen to um, Janine Onwa, and this song's called Little Bird. Little bird, don't fly so low. You were made to soar. The 
Welcome back, everyone. And uh, it's you're listening to Looking Up here on Faith FM with me, Peter Watts, and my good friend and co-host, Danny Malenkov. And just before the break, uh, we kind of got rushed into that break. I was uh, in we full did. You flow. Got, I was, you got really carried away. I was in paragraph three. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was uh, steaming away. And somebody says, hey, mo- we go to a break. You were motoring down the highway. So here we go. So um, I was talking before the break about the various types of evolution. There are theories of evolution about the cosmos, about how chemicals arose, about stellar and planetary evolution, organic evolution, that is how did we get life from non-living matter. Um, And then we talked about micro and macro evolution, macro evolution being the idea that one kind of creature slowly over millions of years changed into another kind of creature. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so many people I'm sure have heard, you know, we we were first fish in the sea and then we came out as amphibians and then reptiles and then birds and mammals and then here we are. And so that's the evolutionary story. That's macro evolution. That's macro evolution. Different to micro evolution. Okay, so micro evolution is really what Darwin observed. Darwin went on a, a boat called the Beagle and he sailed around, and uh, he went to a place called the Galapagos Islands and many other places. That's off South America, isn't it? That's right, off, off the coast of South America. And he observed changes in various kinds of creatures. So, for instance, he examined finches, and he noticed that some finches on some islands had big beaks, and some finches on other islands had smaller beaks. And he thought that, well, these changes that have occurred in the finch population, given enough time... These small changes over millions of years could add up to big changes and one creature could turn into another creature. What would we say about that? We would say, well, that's, you know, that's adaptation. That's what we would call microevolution. It's small changes. You know, if, you, if people talk about evolution these days, I will say, well, what do you mean by evolution? Because we've just talk, described six kinds, okay, or six theories of evolution. But adaptation is the one that we observe. Mm. I mentioned Darwin's book in 1859, which, of course, changed everything and uh, certainly gave people uh, something to think about, about where we came Mm. from. Prior to that, most scientists uh, believed in uh, the God of the Bible, and uh, that's where they began their science from, is exploring the world and the universe that God had created. What I was doing uh, the other day, I watched a documentary um, in preparation for for this afternoon's program and I discovered that there were others before Darwin, well before Darwin, that had um, shared some of the ideas that Darwin had also put in place. But Darwin was the first one that put it on paper, just really, really unpacked it, put some foundations in there and I guess uh, he's the one that really put the bones together. Yeah. He consolidated it and turned it into, I guess, a, uh, an intelligent kind of argument in his That's book. Right. That's uh, right, that's right, yeah. So, so I just wanted to mention his book, because most of the time we just call it The Origin of Species. But his book actually has a larger title, which is On the Origin of Species by Means of Natural Selection or the Preservation of Favoured Races in the Struggle for Life. Wow. <gasps> that's a mouthful, okay? So that, that's a longer... So uh, basically, what does all that mean? Well, okay, what does so, that subtitle well, mean? Well, I just want to focus in on the natural selection bit for a moment. So natural selection is the idea that uh, certain um, advantages that you might find in a certain population, uh, they give that creature... Uh, an advantage in the environment. So, for instance, if you've got uh, a white coat in a snowy uh, 
area, you know, if you're in a cold area like the Arctic and you've got a white coat, that will help you from a camouflage point of view to survive more than some. Uh, so if you, you know, if you're a creature with a brown coat, you're going to be more easily spotted by a predator. Mm, that and, makes sense. Yeah. And so uh, what happens then is the brown ones get caught and eaten, but the white ones might survive better because they've got that camouflage and therefore the next lot that are produced are all white. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so um, this is kind of this natural selection. But, but that's, I believe, what we observe. So we do, believe, we do see change over time, but it's microevolution. It's those adaptations. It's that natural selection as opposed to molecules to man evolution. We want to talk about this because we want to, I was a thorough, uh, what shall we say, a thorough convert to evolution now, now growing tell up. Me, tell me, Peter, um, mm. or, or, or explain to the listeners, um, what's the difference between an agnostic and an atheist? Because a lot of the times people get that sure. mixed up. You know, they think that agnostics and atheists are basically <laughs> the same, but they're not really, are they? Yeah. Okay. So I would have called myself 